The following audio content is a talk from Convergence, a service for young adults at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at upc.org forward slash young adults. We just started a series called Building to Strength. Uh, we're talking about how, how can we build relationships, uh, be they romantic relationships, friendships, marriages, uh, that build us up and manifest Christ's love in the world. Um, and so I'm speaking to you tonight about uh, how, to, how to do that by avoiding playing games and relationships, which is kind of funny because, number one, um, obviously I, I haven't had a successful dating relationship yet. And uh, two, <laughs> you, can, you can laugh, it's cool. Um, <laughs> and two, I don't think I've had a relationship to date where there hasn't been some element of game playing that's happened. So, you know, broken vessels. God uses broken vessels. You can laugh at that, too. That's fine. Okay. Um, but this is something that, uh, that I'm excited to talk to you about and that I'm passionate about and interested in uh, because uh, the issue of relationships is by far um, the, the number one uh, thing that people come and want to talk to me about. Um, it's on people's minds. And I think sometimes people get sort of, oh, young adult ministry. You know, it's, they just talk about relationships and how I need one and why I don't have one. And, you know, uh, yeah, but, but it's important. I mean, truly, uh, you know, ultimately, we're called to be disciples of Christ. But the reality is that the relationships we form have an incredible impact on our lives, for good or for bad, and for good and for bad. Um, so it's important for us to consider uh, how we build relationships um, and whether we choose to be in one or not. Uh, how do we choose and build relationships that are strong, that are good for us, and that will manifest Christ's love in the world? Um, so... Yes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so one, one of the things that is, is still happening, Christians have been asking this for years, right? How do we, how do we date well? How do we have relationships? Um, and uh, for a while, the pendulum sort of swung way to one end, that whole, like, kiss dating goodbye thing. Don't know if you're familiar with that. But, you know, the answer was, like, dating, all dating is bad. Just don't date. You know, and how, how does that work? I mean, you end up dating anyway, but you just call it courting, right? <laughs> so I did that for a while. Um, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> but even so, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, the, the divorce rates in our country have maintained pretty, pretty stable um, between anywhere between 33 and 44 percent of people who marry will eventually experience divorce at some point. And that's true whether you're um, an unaffiliated Christian, an evangelical Christian, uh, agnostic or atheist. Across the board, it's, it's pretty, pretty average. Um, and that's not in any way to um, shame on people who divorce. I have some dear friends who are divorced. My mom is divorced. Um, sometimes getting a divorce is absolutely the best option. Um, but no one hopes for that, right? We, we, we want to enter into relationships. We hope that they'll last. Um, so how do we do that? What are we doing wrong? What are Christians doing wrong if we believe and want to invest in uh, relationships that will last, that are, you know, manifest sacrificial love for one another? What are we doing wrong that, uh, that a lot of people are still not succeeding? What can we do so that God's love is grown and made known in our relationships? Well, there's not one answer to this, and, and obviously um, all I can offer you, not being an expert, is my experience and, and my study. Um, and though I'm not married, I have... Uh, Let's see. I've been observing and dating since I was 15, so that's a lot of years. I won't tell you how many, but <laughs> quite a few, quite a few. And uh, I've I've been around. I grew up in in very immersed. Oh gosh, that's not what I meant. Oh, just gets better and better. Thank you, thank you. Ooh. Yeah, it was before I kissed dating goodbye. Anyway. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, I, uh, I grew up in the church and really, really immersed in evangelical circles and, um, and I went to a Christian university, saw all of, all of the interesting things that happened there. Uh, I've been a part of Christian camps. I went to the Focus on the Family Institute. I went to seminary, um, and I've been here in Seattle and I've lived in eight states since I've been an adult. So, um, I have seen a lot and, um, and I've seen friends uh, get married and um, build strong, supportive relationships. I've seen friends um, marry at young ages and have kids and, and get divorced. Uh, I've seen friends uh, get married and remain in relationships in which they're really not very happy and where there's not much improvement. Um, I've had my heart broken, and I've broken hearts. Um, I've been certain that I met the person I was going to marry at least ten times. Uh, <laughs> and let's see. Yeah, so all I have to offer you tonight is, is what I've learned uh, in, in hopes that it helps you. Um, and I also, I want to put a disclaimer on this. A lot of you have talked to me about relationships. Um, some of you I know quite well. If you hear something in my talk and you think, oh, that's me, I'm not referring to you. <laughs> I promise that anything I mention in this talk, I've heard many times from many people. So I'm not, I'm not trying to put anyone, point anyone out. And I've also done all these things. So you're not alone. All right. So John asked me, he said, you just, you need to have one point. What's your thesis? What's your point for tonight? How can people build uh, relationships in which we are manifesting God's love in our lives and to the world? And my one sentence answer to that is we have to love others as we love ourselves, right? The golden rule. It's really simple. It could be the shortest talk ever right there. Like if we did this, it wouldn't be so complicated, (laughs) right? Um, Obviously there's more to it than that. But truly it's amazing to me how, um, you know, Jesus made clear the whole law, everything, everything that I meant to tell you, the law, this you know, incredible list of rules, 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 um, the way to live well. Jesus said, if you do this, you will have the rest down. Love others, love God, love others as you love yourselves. Put others' needs before your own. Treat them the way you would want to be treated. And, and all those things are going to happen anyway. And yet, uh, I, I feel so often in, in relationships, uh, we completely throw that out the window and um, and live as the world lives. And um, and I don't think that's always with bad intentions. Some of us, I think, just don't know what to do um, because our culture has an incredible impact on, on the way that we see that, right? From the time that we're little kids, we're watching Disney movies, right? And they're, and they're telling us what, uh, what a relationship is and what love is and what we should be you know, looking for and expecting. And, and those, those things run deep. Uh, they're tough, tough, tough to break. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about uh, a, a number of things that I think inhibit us from being able to have and build strong relationships. I really think that it's, it's no wonder that we have difficulty maintaining relationships when we consider um, that we're looking to, to Disney and to Nicholas Sparks films um, <laughs> rather than looking to God's kingdom for, for what we should be looking for and who we are called to be. So if our models and expectations are no different from the world's, I really think we shouldn't be surprised that the outcomes are not great. Right? Okay, so point one. To build to strength, if we're going to build relationships that are strong, that honor God, we need to act like servants and not like consumers. Um, This permeates our culture, right? Um, If if we need something, we can buy it. Uh, There's a solution for everything. Any problem that you have, um, whether it's, you know, pimples to uh, a car that doesn't run to, you know, uh, you know, not having a job that you want. I mean, you can buy it, right? Uh, That's what our culture tells us. And this is completely contra uh, scripture and the vision of God's kingdom because we do this with with people, I think. Um, We approach 
uh, relationships as consumers. We're thinking about finding the right one for me, you know, me, me, one that will make me happy um, when I am ready, when it feels right to me. Like almost, almost like buying a car, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you, you know, what, what, what can I afford? What's the best deal that I can get? Um, what's my favorite color? Like, mm, the gray is cheaper, but I really prefer green. Um, you know, and uh, what's going to give me the, you know, the best mileage? And that, I mean, that's that's a good way to go about buying a car. But it's not a good way to approach relationships because people are not objects, um, and and they're not uh, they're not something that can be purchased. Um, when we lose the golden rule, uh, when it comes to romantic relationships, uh, we can objectify people, I think, and um, treat them as as though um, they're just something uh, to gratify us, to make us happy, uh, instead of uh, someone to partner with and to know and to serve, um, and ultimately to love. And it, it really blows my mind, truly. Um, I've worked in many ministries and been a part of so many Christian communities, and there is no other area I've witnessed um, people who are otherwise, I think, really solid, caring, uh, mature people um, become completely selfish and deceptive and manipulative in, in the area of dating. Christian leaders, missionaries uh, alike, it, it, it happens. Uh, and we need to pay attention to that. Um, if a person becomes an object for gratification, whether it's uh, sexually or, or emotionally meeting, meeting your needs, um, helping you financially, someone who improves your status, uh, someone who seems a prize to be one, who, who validates your sense of being uh, an accomplished person, uh, when we do that, we show no concern for the feelings of others and, and their boundaries. And it can, just, it can have a devastating effect, I'm sure. Uh, many of you have been in relationships like that where you felt used um, and, and tossed aside when you uh, were no longer functional to them. And it's devastating. It can ruin people's lives. It really can. Um, I've experienced that. Um, sometimes, too, people aren't intentionally malicious. And we can just be kind of dumb, you know, and careless uh, because, you know, we're, we, we run on this, this notion that, that love completes us. And feel, being in love feels great. Right, I mean, there's it's there's no better drug, you know, than than being in love, and it makes us kind of crazy, and um, it can make us do do very reckless things uh, if we're not careful. And I think often people hurtle into feeling in love, being in love with someone without taking time to consider: is this is this someone that I can trust? Um, is this someone that I respect and, and that I want to be in a relationship with? Could I see this? headed towards marriage or, or a commitment. Um, and if the answer to all those is no, what are you doing <laughs> um, in, in the first place? Um, it's, it's just going to head to ending. Um, so as you're approaching relationships, um, I, I really think we shouldn't be coming to them asking, what can this person do for me? How can they satisfy me? How can they make me happy? How can they grow me? But if we follow Christ, we should think of others first. We should be asking instead, what do I have to offer this person? Who is this person in Christ? We should be looking to appreciate them for who they are and know them, not see them as someone who could potentially complete our lives. How can we honor them as we get to know them? How can we build them up? How can we act in such a way that if we discern that marriage is not the path that we should take, that we will not have deceived them or taken something from them that is not ours to take. We also act like consumers when we have a list, 
right? We've talked about this uh, before. Um, some people have a, you know, an extensive list. I think when I was in high school, I wrote out a list of 101 things I was looking for in a man. Yes, and it was, it was kind of a joke. I mean, it was stuff like, must prefer poetry to football, and, you know. It was, I, was, I was just trying to make people laugh. That's not a standard of mine anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but some people are can be really ridiculous with this, right? Like, he has to be, you know, 6'1", and have dark hair, and make jokes like my grandpa did, and, um, you know, want to retire in Savannah, and agree with me on every theological point, and want to have two girls and name them, like, Callista and Jade. Like, <laughs> I went on a date with a guy once who said that he was going to have two daughters and name them Callista and Jade. And I was like, oh, what if you marry someone and she doesn't want to name them Callista and Jade? And he was like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't date her. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I don't want to name my daughters Callista and Jade. And that was the end of that. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, you have to consider you're entering a relationship with another person and nobody is ever... It's fine to have preferences, right? I mean, we all have things that we're more or less looking for. And there are some things that we need. And, you know, some of us, like, uh, if we're an extroverted person, we might want to be with someone who's extroverted, too. We're not going to want to stay at home all the time. That's fine. It's fine to have things that you're looking for. But having, having a list as though a person is a vehicle um, and, and you're searching for an ideal, because there's always going to be someone better out there, right? Uh, you're never going to find that list. And you are never going to be someone's entire list either. Um, and even if you find that list, I mean, as one of my professors once said, um, they're not going to want to date you anyway, <laughs> right? Like we, we, we often think you know, pretty highly of ourselves and um, don't see the ways that we might fall short of someone else's list. Um, yes, so... Um, don't treat a person like a product. Uh, nobody's perfect. And, um, oh, oh yes, my professor also said um, that if you find someone who, um, some people ask, oh, well, you know, how do I know? How do I know if they're the one? And, um, and that can be really difficult if you, if you have a list. John and I were talking about this as he was discerning whether or not to propose to Shannon and thinking about some of the things that were on his list. And one of them, he was like, oh, Shannon's not a volleyball player. Huh, I'm a volleyball player. I always saw myself playing volleyball with our children, I don't know, you know. And uh, yeah, I came to realize, is, that, is it that important? Like, really? Um, so it's impor- I think it's important to know and to think about, like, what is, what is really important to me? What do I absolutely need? And there are some of those. I've talked to some people who said, you know, I want to marry someone um, with whom I, I, you know, I want to get along with her family. Family is really important to me. Uh, I want our families to be close. If I don't get along with her family, it's probably going to be a deal breaker for me. For someone else? That might not be such a big deal. You might not like your parents either. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, be wise and discerning. And there can be things like, you know, nice to have. Like, yeah, it'd be great if they enjoyed hiking too. But, you know, if they're willing to explore hiking because that's an interest of yours, like, give that person a chance. Um, instead of scrutinizing others, we really need to focus on ourselves uh, and whether or not we are someone that someone else would want to marry, right? Um, working on our things, uh, developing our capacity to give, and finding happiness in ourselves, um, we're much, much more likely to attract a healthy uh, partner if we are happy in ourselves. Because no one else can ever, ever ultimately make you happy. They may for a little while, um, and then they're going to let you down, and you're going to be furious, and it's going to suck. So, um, yeah, uh, focus on focus on yourself uh, instead of scrutinizing another person. Another way that we act like consumers in relationships 
is when we expect a relationship to be effortless and endlessly satisfying without having to do the work that is necessary, both in ourselves and in the relationship, to build the kind of relationship we want. That's a long sentence. Um, well, we do this, I think, because we're lazy, for one, right? I mean, you just watch, I hate those infomercials that are like, buy this diet pill, and you'll be able to lay on the beach and eat Twinkies, and you'll soon look like this, you know? Uh, and that's not, that's a lie. It's ridiculous. Like, the only way to lose weight is to exercise and eat healthily and, you know, expend more calories than you consume. And that means, like, having to work out and watch what you eat, and that kind of sucks, you know? But, um, but if you want to lose weight, that's what you have to do. Uh, and that's true in relationships. You're never going to find somebody with whom it's always easy, someone who always makes you feel good and happy. Um, and not to say that you should be with someone who always makes you miserable. You have to discern, is this person bringing more to my life than they're taking away? Um, but no relationship is going to be without lots of work. We also, um, I've, I've also seen people leave relationships um, because they only wanted to receive and not give. Um, and I think this goes back into consuming once again. Uh, the reality is that there are going to be times when that person needs from, from us, you know, and, and we have to give. Uh, but, you know, the great thing is that when we're down, um, they'll be there for us also. So it goes both ways. No one's going to complete you, make you feel good all the time. Uh, we also act like consumers, I think, when we don't take responsibility for ourselves and our stuff. Uh, because we all have things, uh, areas in which we need to grow, and things that are holding us back from being able to have uh, healthy relationships. And this continues once you're in a relationship. And even when you're married, uh, you, things continue to come up. And uh, I've, I've heard from friends who are newly married that they just had no idea how selfish they really were you know, until, until they got married. And, and it's a process, and your relationship continues. It's not something that you completely figure out while you're dating. But we do have to take responsibility for ourselves. Um, as I was doing doing research for this talk, and I was you know looking at blogs and comments people had, and I heard a lot of complaining, and uh, people saying things like, "Oh, I'm single because there's there's no good people out there. There are no good people out there," or um, "I'm single because guys are really shallow and they only want to date girls who look like supermodels," or um, "I'm single because." Girls only like to date bad boys, and the girls who are really spiritual and solid are boring or not hot. Or, <laughs> um, you know, as if there's nothing wrong with you, right? And as if there's nothing you're contributing to the, your, you know, state of singleness. And, and I'm not saying that to blame. I mean, there are circumstances, right? If you live in rural Wisconsin, like my mom, we grew up in, in rural Wisconsin. My mom didn't date much. There were not a lot of eligible men in rural Wisconsin. Uh, but we're here in Seattle. Like, I just don't think that flies. Um, I've lived in eight states as an adult, and um, there are a lot of amazing people out there. doesn't mean you're going to meet someone that you want to marry and that you connect with on, on the important levels every day and on every street corner. Um, but there are a lot of great people out there. Um, and I really think it's about um, opening yourself and realizing what, what is it that's holding me back. Um, where am I? Am I, am I ready? And am, am I willing to um, commit and give to uh, another person? And if not, we need to figure out what those things are and take responsibility for them. All right. Uh, we also act like consumers I think when we're entitled. Um, and I've, I've encountered this some, and I've certainly been there before. Um, some of us really believe that marriage is something that we're owed, uh, right? That, um, or that it's something that God owes us. I've heard that before. 
And uh, the reality is, talk to John about this. God doesn't promise that you'll get married. <laughs> uh, there's there's no promise of that. Um, God gives people a free will. God's not going to force someone else to marry you. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to find that person. It doesn't mean that God can't work in you, I don't think, or that God can't um, help you uh, and that God can't nudge you towards someone who might be good for you. I definitely think that God does and can do that. But God's not going to force someone uh, to marry you. And they're not, um, uh, oh, what's that thing that uh, that I heard once? Some people say, oh, I'm just waiting for God to bring that person into my life. I'm just waiting. God will just bring them uh, to them. And, and the counselor said, uh, without, without any, any action on your part, just, just will come to your doorstep. And she said, yes, I think that God can and will do that. And he said, well, I hope you're ready to marry the FedEx man. Because <laughs> uh, that's just, uh, yeah, I don't think that's the way God, God works most of the time. Um, so, yeah, we, we need to uh, take responsibility for ourselves. Um, but also, I think if if there's nothing that terrifies you more than the thought that you won't get married, and I've, I've felt that way before, I think you're really expecting marriage to be something that it's not. Um, because the reality is relationships are a ton of work, uh, and, and they can be. Um, on the one hand, I, I don't like it when people get on young adults and say, oh, you shouldn't want to be married, um, you know, this is idolatrous, whatever. No, we're, we're created to be um, completed in, in other people, and uh, physically, you know, certainly, and, you know, building families requires too. And those are good things to want, and companionship, they're, they're great things. Um, but they're not without their struggles, um, and they don't take the place of God in our lives, and they can't complete us, and they can't make us happy. Uh, and I, I think it, the Certainly a, a large part of um, people's dissatisfaction in relationships is expecting them to, to fulfill something that it can't fulfill. Um, we need to know that um, so that we can enter relationships and just appreciate them for what they are, which is an adventure with another person, uh, getting to walk alongside them through all the struggles and, and the joys as well. So don't assume that marriage is going to fulfill you. Um, I would encourage you to just live your life, use your gifts, work on your stuff, um, see what God does in you, and see who ends up alongside you. Maybe you'll get married, maybe you won't. Um, you can have a fulfilling life anyway. I believe that too. Yes, I do. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, big point number two. All right, so we can't act like consumers in relationships. Bad. Also, we need to have our vision coming from the kingdom of God and not from the magic kingdom, right? <laughs> so Disney, Disney is not to be our paradigm for relationships. There are a number of really toxic fairy tales, I think, that um, have done us a lot of harm. Um, one of my seminary professors actually called them satanic. Um, <laughs> you know, tongue-in-cheek. Tongue toxic fairy tale number one, Snow White. So this, what's, what's that song? You know, someday my... Prince will come, yes, <laughs> yes, right? We've heard this stuff since we were little, little girls, and it's not true. Even if someone comes along who's willing to marry you, you're going to get a flawed human being just like yourself. <laughs> he will not be a prince. Um, I actually had, this, no, and I, and I mean in a good way. Um, real people are better than princes. Those, they're not real. Um, you get a real person. I have a good friend who uh, just got married. She um, was 28 when she had her first relationship. She had never dated. And it, she said it was in part because she had heard nothing from the time she was a little girl of don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. You're a princess. You deserve the best. You know, all, all these things. And she never dated because she didn't meet someone like that. No one was ever good enough. 
And finally, when she was 28, a guy started to pursue her, who was a really great guy. And she thought, well, shoot, you know, I'm 28. I've never dated. I guess I'll give him a chance. And, uh, and you know, she grew to love him, uh, but the whole time still feeling really conflicted, like, what's the deal? He's a great guy. I, I, I'm attracted to him. I, I, I love him, but he's not perfect. And when he proposed to her, she actually cried for 20 minutes, 20 minutes before she could say yes. And she said that was because she was grieving the fact that her prince didn't come. You know, it's not sad, but no, 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 it's not sad. No, 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 no. See, this is where you believe lies. Um, this guy, and I, I know this guy personally, he's amazing. He's a great man. I, I don't think she could have found a better man uh, to marry, but he's a human being. He's not a fairy tale prince, um, and he's not perfect. And, you know, he's smelly sometimes and makes her mad um, sometimes and uh, doesn't fulfill her every need because men don't do that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just, that, I think that's such a powerful story of how our expectations can, can keep us from being able to have relationships because you want something that just isn't real and men do it with women too, you know, absolutely. Um, so Snow White, um, that, uh, talks of fairy tale number two, Cinderella. Um, I, I, we see this when we, uh, I think some women, we just, we're living as though, oh, my life will finally begin when, when the prince comes and rescues me from the doldrums of, you know, my miserable life, you know, working nine to five and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, having to live with four women to make ends meet, you know, which in Seattle is true. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, assuming that, you know, I'll get, I'll get married and it'll make everything better and he'll fulfill me in every way. And that's not true. Uh, you'll marry him, and then you'll still have not only your problems, but his also. Um, so not, not that there aren't great things in that um, also, but it's, it's, it's not a fairy tale. It's not perfect. And then for men, uh, I, I think uh, there can be that fantasy of, oh, I'll rescue her and, and make her complete, and she'll make me feel so manly because I've rescued her. And uh, I'll, I'll feel passion for her all of the time, and she will never displease me because she feels nothing but unending appreciation for the fact that I've rescued her. And... <laughs> And in reality, like, she's going to be grumpy sometimes, right? And difficult to live with. And after she has your baby, she's going to have stretch marks. So, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Toxic fairy tale number three. <laughs> Anyone walked out yet? No? Okay. Good. <laughs> number three. The Princess and the Frog. I just saw this. It's actually really cute. Disney movie. I just watched it last weekend. However, uh, the myth and the idea uh, that through your love, uh, you can transform someone from being a frog into a prince is completely untrue. Completely untrue. Uh, men and women both do this. Your love cannot change someone. It cannot change someone. Um, if you cannot love and accept and deal with someone as they are now, get out of that relationship. Um, that's not to say that, that people don't have room to grow. They can grow in a relationship. They can. But if there's something that's a deal breaker, I've, I've seen so many people stay in relationships with people that they wouldn't even want to be friends with. They treat them so badly, and yet they invest more and more, and they love them. They don't want to leave. You don't want to leave someone that you love, but they, they you know, have this delusion, and I've done that before, uh, that, that somehow these things that they can't deal with are going to change. And there's absolutely no guarantee that they will. Absolutely none. I know people who've wasted years and years and years, uh, have a dear, dear friend, um, you know, who is past the childbearing years now. She's been waiting for this man to change and commit to her, and he never has. It's just tragic. Um, so, yeah, uh, and 
one of the things that, you, I mean, you do know, know, need to know what your deal breakers are, right? And, and deal breakers should be things like, does this person respect me? Uh, when I voice uh, my, my feelings and opinions, do I feel heard? Um, if we have an argument, can they compromise with me so that both of our needs are met? Um, that's how you can tell, I think, if someone is is just a frog, someone who's not going to um, treat you well and, and care for you. doesn't mean that God doesn't still love them, you know, but you don't need to be in an intimate relationship with them. Um, yeah, if, if the person uh, does care for you, respects you, will work with you, then you're just working with a flawed human being like yourself, and that's, that's great. Um, another great way to discern uh, whether or not you're in a relationship that is um, just with a, a person or a frog is to have community surrounding you. That's so important. Um, I have several female friends who I've sort of covenanted with and said, if I'm ever in a relationship that you tell me is, is bad for me, um, I, I, will, I will get out of it. I trust you. Um, love can be blind at times, and, and some of us have tendencies to get into relationships that are bad for us. Um, we have stuff that we need to work through, and that's where our community can really protect us. And your community can also be a great, great place to, uh, to ask, what sort of things do I need? Some of us have no idea what we need from relationships, the, the sort of personalities that will work with us, and um, you know, areas where we need to be encouraged and supported, and where we need people to be strong, where we're weak. Our friends are great places to go to, to ask uh, about that, and, and hopefully to direct us towards people who will be good for us. You know, conversely, sometimes we're, um, you know, in, in relationships and, and getting scared and wanting to run because those people are challenging us uh, in the places we need to be challenged. And, and then our friends can say, don't run, don't run. <laughs> you know, you, this is someone to stick with. Um, don't give up yet. Uh, you're dealing with your stuff right now. Don't run. All right, the uh, toxic fairy tale number four uh, isn't exactly a fairy tale, but it's still a fantasy. It's the pedestal, <laughs> you know, um, putting putting someone on a pedestal. So, so, so unhelpful. Um, both men and women do it. It happens when we compare someone else's outsides to our insides or someone else's outsides to the inside of our relationship. This happens all the time. Uh, I, I see people who think, oh, if only, you know, I could date that that person who works at the church, you know, he seems so, so wonderful. He's so charismatic and he works with the youth and, uh, wow, um, I'm, I'm sure being with him would be, would make me so much happier than the current guy that I'm with who, you know, drives me crazy. Um, and isn't perfect. Uh, you know, men certainly do that too. Uh, the reality is that we don't know who anyone is behind closed doors and marriages too. There are marriages that I've looked at people that I, that I had thought I knew looked at them, said, wow, that's a relationship that I would like to have. Or, wow, he, is, he just seems to be such a devoted husband and father. And, you know, came to find out years later that they, they were actually really abusive uh, and, uh, and or um, not there for their families at all. Uh, so appearances can be deceiving. They can absolutely be deceiving. Um, and that's why it's important to note that you can only know who someone is by getting to know them, by getting into their lives and seeing who they are when no one is looking and seeing what their fruit is, okay? Luke 10, 43 through 45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is known by its fruit. Just as figs are not gathered from thorns, grapes are not gathered from brambles. You will know who a person is out of the good, out of the good treasure of their heart, which produces good, and out of the evil person, out of the evil treasure that produces evil. This is a bad translation. Anyway, you get the idea. Um, you'll know a person by, by their fruit, by who they show, them, show themselves to be. Uh, 
I've had it happen so many times. It can be so confusing. Just because someone is a Christian, just because they are active in their communities or their churches, does not mean that that person is a person of integrity and that they will treat you well. Um, this can be really confusing. I've seen people in, in relationships, and I, I was in a relationship like that once with, with a guy who was um, a huge leader in a church, and everyone loved him. Uh, and you know, people told me, oh my gosh, you're so lucky to be, to be dating him. And he was great in a lot of ways. Um, but as our relationship progressed, uh, he really didn't treat me very well. He was very um, selfish and kind of controlling and um, it was it was a it was a nasty relationship. It wasn't good for either of us, uh, but it was so confusing to me because throughout I kept thinking, but he's but he's this great Christian leader. What I I don't understand. Um, so you you have to judge people by their fruit, not by who they appear to be. Uh, that's the only way that you'll know who they truly are, and that's true of you too. Uh, sometimes we have great. Uh, assumptions about ourselves. We project this image of who we are, and it's just not true. Uh, we'll know ourselves and others by our fruits. So have a relationship with a person, not a fantasy, not someone who's up on a pedestal, only by really getting to know them, you know, be their friend, go on a date, whatever, but don't invest yourself, don't invest your time and your heart in someone until you know who they are, until you know that they're a person of integrity, someone that you can trust and someone that you do want to invest in. I see this happen all the time, that people invest their hearts in people that they think they know, they really don't. They're investing in a fantasy, not in a person, and that's that's just going to lead to heartbreak um, and, and, or, or a failed relationship. So invest in a person, not in a fantasy. Keep one foot on the ground when you're falling in love. Um, and Disney equals, you know, the devil. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Part number three, uh, games we play, right? Uh, so I, I got to talk to a lot of you, actually, as I was planning this talk, which is really fun, asking you questions about... Um, all, all sorts of things, relationships, dating, games. A lot of you said, yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel compelled to to game playing or that, that there are those expectations in relationships. Um, and there was this book that came out called The Rules a number of years ago. I don't know if anyone knows it, but it, you know, lots, it said lots of things like never um, accept a date after Wednesday for the weekend or you'll, you'll look too easy or um, never, uh, never call a guy um, and never, or some of the other ones, I forget. Um, but they were all made, I think, in an attempt to, game playing is about like control and, um, and manipulation and not being willing to be honest. And I get it on one level, right? Um, I, I think sometimes we play games because we're afraid of seeming too desperate. Because we are desperate. We don't want anyone to know, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so game playing can be kind of a guard around that. Well, it's true. Some of us are. We, have, we need to work on our stuff. It's okay. Um, but yeah, pretending that we're not really interested when we are, um, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism. Uh, we're, we're afraid of coming on too strong. Uh, we really like somebody. We want them to like us. We feel like the only way to get them to like us is to, to somehow trick them into it uh, by playing some game. And you don't, you don't want to be with someone who expects that. If someone doesn't like you for who you are, then well, move on. You know, There are other people who will. It's fine. Um, and I think we, you know, if, if we find that we are consistently coming on too strong or doing things that are turning people off, I mean, that, that's a time for you to get with your community and say, you know, what am, what am I doing wrong here? And, and how can I improve? And what is it inside of me? What are, what are 
the things that I believe about myself that are that are causing this to happen? How can I heal so that I'm coming into a relationship as a whole person uh, who has a life, who has passions, who doesn't need someone else to complete me, but longs to share my life with somebody? That's fine. Um, but if we're not complete in and of ourselves, we're going to be bringing that sort of desperation into a relationship and, and feel compelled by this game playing. Uh, so don't pretend to have a life. Have a life. Uh, game playing means pretending to have a life. Just have a life. I mean, if you if you have a life and someone calls you and says, "Oh, I'd like to do something this weekend," and if you really have plans to like work at Scotchfest or something, then go do that. I mean, you have a life. Uh, that's great. And if you don't have anything that weekend, feel free to go. Um, all right. And uh, okay, another toxic game that happens uh, a lot is the uh, the chase. Um, so, yeah, I hear that from, I've heard that from guys. I think, I think guys and girls both do that, but it looks a little different. Okay, sometimes guys um, see a woman as a prize, you know, that, that has to be won. And they say, it's not really, oh, I lose interest if I, if I win her too easily. Um, you know, as though she's a trophy and not a person. Uh, and then women, I think, can do it too uh, when women are drawn to men um, who they want to change or reform. Um, that's another way of, that's becoming a prize because you've become someone who is worth reforming for. Uh, and that's, neither of those are healthy. Both of those are really toxic. Um, it's one thing not to be attracted to someone who is, who is desperate. Um, if they're willing to fling their hearts at your feet immediately without even knowing you, um, I mean, you want, you want to be wanted for yourself, right? Not because someone is desperate for a relationship, but a person is not a prize. And, um, you know, if, if, if a man, um, oh, sorry, I lost my place. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're both so harmful. Um, you know, women, if you're in a relationship hoping to reform someone, it's, it's not going to happen. You're going to waste your time. And, um, you know, and men, uh, I've seen this happen a lot. Um, men who, who pursue women and enjoy the chase. And as soon as they, they, they win her heart, um, they suddenly don't want it anymore. And that is devastating. That's so devastating and, and so unfair um, to be asking and asking and asking for a woman's heart and then not to want it when, when you get it. It's one thing to realize that it's not a relationship that's best for either of you. Uh, but you have to be pursuing a person um, from the beginning and investing in a person, not, not playing a game um, and not... It, if, it, if it's about a chase, um, you know, don't, don't treat a heart like a football. <laughs> it's very fragile um, on, on either sides. So don't play games. Um, a second game that, uh, that happens a lot, I think, is over-spiritualizing. Um, this is a little, a little tricky, and I'm, I'm sure there are lots of different uh, ideas in this room about the way that God works in relationships. And, um, but I, I was talking to a woman who's been married for 25 years very happily. She used to work for Young Life. And that was one of the things that she said to me. She said, if I was going to tell a young person something today, I would say, don't look for signs in a relationship. Do you like the person? Do you want to be with them? Uh, is it wise? Does it make sense? Uh, I had a roommate in college who came home to me four times in a semester, four times, and said, Sarah, I just want you to be the first person to know that God told me who my husband is. It was a different guy every time. Four times in a semester. Four times. She's still expecting me to take her seriously after this third one. She didn't marry any of them, by the way. Um, but buying, buying into that excessively 
doesn't mean that God is not at work in us and may not be nudging us, but we have to be really careful about that. Uh, because if you believe that God has told you something and it's contradicting reality, I have a couple of friends who got married to men uh, who were not very good for them because they believed that God had called them to be with them, that God was leading them into that relationship, um, even though it was sort of contradictory to reason. And, you know, surprise, they were, they were bad relationships and they're divorced now, and that's devastating. Um, so don't ask God some, to do something that, um, that God, uh, you know, may, may not, oh, how do I want to say this? Uh, <laughs> we are very capable of a lot of deception of ourselves, I guess, um, is, is the best way to put that. Um, just because you feel that God is saying something to you doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Um, you could be hearing something that you want to hear. And if what God is telling you contradicts reason, if the people in your life are saying, I don't think this is a healthy relationship, I don't think this is good for you, um, listen to that. Listen to that. Um, you will save yourself uh, a lot of heartbreak. Um, I've covered that before. Okay. But yeah, basically like God gave you a brain, like use your brain. <laughs> um, just, uh, evaluate the relationship. And in terms of reason, I, all truth is God's truth. And if this person is great for you, it's going to be a rational decision as well. Another mistake that we make is, uh, overvaluing marriage. Um, well, I've said this before, you know, marriage won't fix your problems and um, we can't expect it to be something that it's not. I think it's only when we, um, we, we do uh, find completeness in ourselves and appreciate marriage for what it is, then it really be- can become something beautiful, which it can be. Marriage can be one of the greatest places to um, see God's love for us mirrored. That adoration, that desire for another uh, is, is incredible. I don't think there's any other relationship like it and it's okay to want it. Uh, but we have to recognize that it's with a flawed person and that we're flawed. All right. Last game that is bad is uh, playing with your friends. Uh, I went to a Christian college, and this happened all the time, all the time. Sort of test driving your friends, like, "Oh, we're not dating; we're just cuddle buddies." You know, or <laughs> yes, she calls me at eleven o'clock at night and tells me, you know, cries, and I comfort her, and we spend every minute of the day together, but we're not dating. Um, and uh, so, test driving your friends just. I don't think it's very helpful. If you want to date somebody, like, just call it dating. Like, have a DTR. Let it be what it is. <laughs> Define the relationship. Yes. Uh, it's important. Um, people get hurt that the more open you can be, the better. And it can be awkward and confusing. And I talked to a lot of, lot of you about this. Like, how do you know if, if there's more to the friendship or... Um, and I will publish those answers on the blog. So look for those. And I have time to go into all of it here. Um, but be open and honest uh, with, with people that you're friends with. Don't use them to fill a void that a relationship should fill. Don't lead someone on. If you're interested in someone, tell them. If you're not, don't act like their boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, on the other side of that, I've seen people who will stick around knowing someone's not interested in them and being their special friend and hoping that they'll change and that they'll develop feelings for them when they don't. And I think that that's... Um, really a, a waste of time and, and hurtful to the person who's who's waiting. Um, if after a reasonable period of time the friendship doesn't become more, move on. You can still be friends with the person if you want to, um, but why focus on someone who's not interested when you could be looking for someone who is? Um, I, I know people who've also spent years in college. I, I did that. I had a crush on a guy for two years, um, and, you know, he married somebody else, and, you know, yay for him. But, man, like, what, what was I, what was it? Uh, yeah, I wasted time. 
Um, so I think having male-female relationships is so important and so healthy. And one of the things that can happen in, in Christian circles is that we become so afraid of misconstruing relationships and friendships that we just don't have them. And that's, we miss out on so much. I think we have so much to learn from each other in friendship. We can learn so much about who people are, about what we need, um, just in, in friendships. It's really true. And I think um, if you don't have a lot of, of friends of the opposite sex, it can be much easier to slip into that pedestal thing, right? Because if you don't know many many girls well, uh, it, it can be easy to assume, oh, yes, well, you know, they're perfect. No. If you have a friend you're talking to all the time, you're aware, like, yeah, she's great. She's amazing. She has these flaws. Um, it's, it's really important um, to remain grounded in that way. So have male-female uh, relationships. Just be honest and open about where you are. Um, one of the things that uh, many of you said to me was that, you know, it can be important to have a, a friendship DTR even. If you're spending a lot of time together with someone one-on-one, it's fine to say, like, what's going on here? Is anything, is anything more here? No? Okay, cool. Um, you decide what your boundaries are. Uh, but, but have those boundaries drawn. Know what they are. Um, be open. Be honest. Uh, we have a lot, a lot to gain from each other. Um, all right, so love your neighbor as yourself. Love a, serve a, invest in a person, not a fantasy. Don't play games. And some more um, just general, general words of wisdom as we move forward. How do we have relationships that look different, where people can look at them and say, I see the love of Christ radiating out of this, out of, you know, dating um, in, instead of seeing uh, deception and um, game playing and, and selfishness, uh, what can we do to see Christ's love there? Don't play games. Be honest with each other. Um, don't manipulate in a friendship. Um, if, if someone is just a friend, let them be a friend. Don't try to make it more. Don't assume that it's more if someone hasn't, um, hasn't stated that. Um, be friends with each other. Go out and have fun. Uh, take risks. Asking people out, dating, having a relationship, getting married is a huge risk. It's, it's, it's enormous. Um, there are no guarantees in life, and no matter how wisely we go about our relationships, there's never a guarantee that something won't happen, that that person won't decide to change and betray us, right? It's a risk, and that's scary, but the potential rewards are really great. Um, so be wise. Be wise. Know yourself. Grow. But take risks. Like, it's just a date. Just ask people out. It's okay. Like... And we need, we need to make it not such a big deal, too. I think we've gotten into this place where there's, there's no such thing as, as just casual dating. There's like being in a relationship or not. And, uh, and it can be really tough to, to get to know someone. What, what do you do in that interim if, if you're not sure that you want to have a relationship or not? Um, it should be okay to go on dates. Um, one thing that I heard a lot from people was, um, you know, in small communities, uh, you know, the, moment, the moment I spend an evening, you know, five minutes... Uh, after convergence, talking to somebody and looking like I'm enjoying it, people are, oh, do, 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 do. you see so-and-so? Mm, like, <laughs> I, you know, something's clearly going on there. And, um, you know, and it's normal. Like, we, we want to see our friends in relationships, and we want them to be happy, and it's exciting when those things happen. But we just need to, we need to put a lid on it sometimes, right? Uh, stay out of other people's business. Um, and if, you know, you go on a date and it doesn't work out, Talk to one friend about it, but like not the whole room. <laughs> you know, that's a huge. I've heard had so many guys say, "I, I don't want to ask people out here because I don't want to become that that guy that everyone's talking about." Right? You ask one person out on a date, doesn't work out. You want to ask somebody else out, and you look like a prowler. Like that's not fair. Um, so we need we need to take responsibility for that. 
Um, Let's see. Value yourself, too. Value yourself. I think a lot of nasty things happen in relationships because we don't believe that we're, we're worth um, enough to, to have a relationship with someone that we respect and care for. Uh, value yourself. Um, and always consider the other person's feelings. Um, whatever is happening in relationships, that's a rule of, of thumb. I mean, ultimately, you're responsible to make sure that um, someone is not crossing a boundary with you. Uh, you're the one who decides... Um, how someone else is, is going to treat you. And if someone's not treating you well, you know, you can say, you can say no. It's important that someone treats you well. But consider their feelings. Um, consider their, every, every step of the way uh, in a relationship. Consider them. I think we'd save ourselves so much heartbreak. Um, and finally, just do it, do it in community. It's so good to do it uh, together, to be, uh, to have our relationships um, within our within our groups of friends, to spend time with each other's families, um, to know each other, to know each other in different contexts, not just uh, one-on-one. Um, so great, so enriching for communities. I think we really need each other um, to have healthy relationships, any step of the game, uh, no matter where we are, uh, marriages, dating, um, whatever it is. So I have some scripture um, to bring us to a close. Thanks for hanging in there. I know I talked for a long time. Um, I guess I had a lot to say. Luke 10, 46 through 49. It's continuing from the scripture from before. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. That person is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the floods rose, the rivers burst against the house but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act like a man who has built a house on the ground ground without a foundation, when the river bursts against it, it will immediately fall and will become a great ruin." So there are no there are no guarantees. There's no guarantee that um, we'll get married. Uh, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. There's no guarantee that if we marry, that the relationship will last. Hopefully, it will. We can be wise. Uh, we can do all that we can to build to strength to build a strong relationship, uh, one that's good for us and that uh, shines Christ's light to the world. But there are no guarantees. However, if we build our lives and our relationships upon Christ, if we lay wisely and dig deep, even if those relationships end, even if we end up without a relationship, when the floods come, they're not going to destroy us. They won't destroy us. Those houses can be cleaned up again, and there can be joy in those walls again, whether it's the joy and laughter of a family, or it's the sound of um, your foster kids, or your community, or your dogs. Um, God is faithful. And whatever your life looks like, if, you, if your life is built upon Christ, um, there can be joy, there can be meaning, and um, yeah, that's all I have to say for you guys. So let me pray us out um, as the worship team will come forward. Father God, thank you so much that you care for us, um, that you are faithful to us, even though we are such fickle human beings, that we so often fail and we hurt ourselves and we hurt each other. God, you are faithful to us. Will you lead us in the way everlasting? Teach us to model our lives after your son. And give us contentment that only you can give. Amen.